Are you ready for the word? Talk to me today. Yeah. Deuteronomy chapter 11, and we're going to read from verse 1. And then we're going to be jumping around a little bit here and there. But I want to speak to you today about how to see God move in your life. How to see God move. Now, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 1. Therefore, you shall love the Lord. Underline that in your Bible. Love the Lord your God. Keep his charge, his statutes, his commandments. And always know that, know today that I do not speak with your children who have not known, who have not seen the chastening of the Lord your God. His greatness, his mighty hand, and his outstretched arm, his, his signs, and his acts which he did in the midst of Egypt to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to all the land. Verse 7. But your eyes have seen every great act of the Lord which he did. Therefore you shall keep the commandment which I command you today, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess, that you may prolong your days in the land, that the Lord swore to your fathers, to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey." I want to share with you today something that I really believe is going to be powerful. And it's going to be a long introduction. At the end, I have three points that I want to share with you. But, you know, Moses is preparing God's people to enter the land, to possess what was rightfully theirs by the covenant of God. And, you know, but to go into the land, it was going to require strength. It was going to require courage. It was going to require tenacity. It was going to require you know, uh, um, a fighting spirit. And, and Moses had to remind them of what they had already seen God do. Sometimes when we're faced with trouble, sometimes we forget. Sometimes it's important to remember what God has done. I love it at our church. We have, our church is a place where miracles happen. And I have a file with piles of, of testimonies from people within this house that God has done amazing things. And often I go back and I read because when I read them, I get strengthened in my own heart. I'm like, well, God is who God says he is. He does what he says he does. And I just have to align myself with that and believe that he's going to do it again in Jesus' name. Amen. So their eyes had seen God at work. Nobody told them. They saw. They had experienced and I tell you what, who can argue with someone who's had a real encounter with God? You can argue with ideas, but you cannot argue with an experience. You know, Deuteronomy 11, 7, right here in this passage, I just wanna, this, is really the, this is really the central message of what I want to share with you today. It says, but your eyes, your eyes have seen every great act of God which he did. What, a, what an interesting statement. But your eyes have seen every, everyone say every, every, every act of the Lord which he did. What an amazing and unique statement this is. That the people that the scripture refers to, they had seen the catalog. They had seen every miracle, every revelation, every miracle Every great act of the Lord, which he did up to that point. I mean, just think about it for a moment. They saw everything. And, and, 
and, and I don't know the level of your experience, but, but to say that someone saw everything, I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's pretty powerful. It's, it's really amazing. It's really worth stopping and thinking just about that statement that they saw every act of God, every great act of God. I have never seen every act of God, have you? I have seen some. I'm grateful for those that I've seen, but I can't say that I've exhausted the catalog. And by the way, no one can exhaust the catalog because they saw what God revealed up to that point. But hey, since then, God has done so much, many more things. And Jesus said, well, the things that you see, you shall do also, and even greater ones. Come on, there is more in God. There is always more in God. Can, <coughs> can you give Jesus a big hand? Hallelujah. <coughs> but you know, I, I am hungry. I read something like that and I am hungry for more. <laughs> I want to see more. Now they didn't hear about it. They didn't read about it. Now they were eyewitnesses. They saw with their very eyes the things that we only read about in the scriptures. Your eyes have seen every great act of God which the Lord did. I love this passage because it reveals three things. Number one. It reveals a God who acts. It reveals the quality of those acts. And thirdly, it reveals the fact that you and I can participate in those acts. Number one, a God who acts. And I love Isaiah 64 verse 4 that says this. It says, from since the beginning of the world, men have not he heard, nor perceived by ear, nor has the eye seen any God beside you who acts for those who wait for him. He's a God who acts. Amen. And, and then the, the way he acts, his acts are great. Because it says there that they saw the great acts of God. So the quality of those acts are, are great. And if you go to the book of Acts of the apostles, on the day of Pentecost, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke with tongues, the Bible says everyone heard them speak of the wonderful acts of God, the wonderful works of God. And the word in Greek is megaleos. Megaleos means the magnificent, conspicuous, splendid, majestic, grand, beautiful, excellent, favorable acts of God. On the day of Pentecost, that's what was, that was the interpretation of the tongues that they were speaking. They're like, God is great. God is awesome. His acts are splendid, magnificent, majestic, grand, beautiful, excellent, favorable. Wow, how great is our God. So he's a God who acts. The quality of his acts are excellent. And thirdly, we get to be a part of it. We don't just get to talk about it. We get to actually experience it because the Bible says that Moses is saying to them, you saw, like nobody told you this. You, you saw it with your own eyes. You participated in something that is miraculous. Now, who can argue with that? We can deny something that your eyes have seen. And when I read this passage, I see in it an invitation for us not just to know about God, but to, but to know him experientially. You know, experientially, it's like you can be a part, you can be, you can, you can get to see this, you can participate in this. Psalm 46 verse 8 says this, says, come and see, come and see what the Lord has done and the amazing things he has done on the earth. Come and see. 
If you read in, in the Gospel of John, there's so many times where he says, come and see, come and see. It's like, come and see. Oh, you want to know God? Well, I don't have time for an argument, but if you want to know God, come and see. Well, I don't have time to discuss about the existence of God, whether this is the right God or that. You just come and see. Can I pray for you? And here you will see. <laughs> you will see. Amen. Hallelujah. So come and see. As good as it is to have good theology, it is equally important to step into a dimension where we see, where we encounter the reality of God for ourselves. I've always told this to my children. I said, you know, it's okay. You, you see you see, Dad moved. They would go with me everywhere in the world, China, United States, everywhere. Before I came here, I was traveling the world, and many, many times they would, they would come and see. But I, was, I would tell them, now you need to go and see for yourselves. You need to have your own encounter with Jesus. Yeah. Amen. One of my best photos that I love is to see is to see little, little Philip in China laying his hands on someone. I just love that photo, you know, at the time he was little. And he saw and there were times I just let them, I just let them pray a prayer. I remember one time we were traveling and um, we ran out of fuel, literally ran out of fuel. The, the computer in the car said no fuel. And, and it wasn't really our fault. We just kind of miscalculated the distance and there was no petrol station in between those cities. I mean, that's it. We were like, you know, and, and we were, you know, we're like starting to sweat. The sweat is increased every time. It's like you have 10 kilometers left in your tank. Five, four, three, two, one. We're like zero. I'm like, Philip, now you pray that dad will get to the next destination because <laughs> you're in the middle of nowhere. And Philip's like, me? Yeah, you do it. Oh, Jesus, please. <laughs> he, was, he was little, you know. And, and it was a testimony for him and, and a relief to all of us that we managed to get to the next city miraculously. We drove, you know, tens of miles with the thing saying, you've got no fuel in your tank. Yes, but we have faith in our hearts. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, don't try that at home, okay? Just uh, better always fill your tank, okay? No. First John 1, 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Now, the, the, the Apostle John is speaking from a perspective of an experience, experience that he had. You see, our eyes have seen. We have handled Jesus. We, we, have, we have looked upon him. It's like uh, we've had an encounter with him. We know what Jesus looks like. And just, just the other day, my wife and I, my phone has decided to die. And uh, I could have prayed resurrection power over it. But I really wanted a new phone. <laughs> Marv's the stingy one. It's like, no, that stuff will keep going. You just pray for it. I'm like, no, no, I want a new phone. <laughs> so we went to a shop <laughs> to get a new phone. And a Jewish, Jewish lady, oh, of course, I didn't know she was But anyway, she looked at me and said, so what do you do for a living? She's filling the paperwork and stuff. So what do you do for it? By the way, God provided supernaturally for that. Uh, I have to say that because my wife. It's like, now we don't, we, not, not in the budget, not in the budget. I said to her, how about we pray? And if the money turns up, we know it's not for groceries, it's for the phone. <laughs> That's true, isn't that true? And miraculously, this last week, God provided. And, and she doesn't even, you know, she's like, mm, okay, but we could use that. No, you said... If we, <laughs> 
Not in the budget, didn't come from your pocket, not from my salary. The Lord provided, so I'm entitled to a phone. So we went and to get a phone. <laughs> Why you should have one of these phones like, you try to counsel someone or help someone of the phone or pray for them, whatever, and it's like, you know. No, let's, anyway. <laughs> so it's a, an ongoing issue with my wife. Just pray, pray for us. <laughs> But we went to this job, and the lady's filling out the, and, and, and she said, okay, so what, what's your job? What's your occupation? I said, I'm a pastor. I said, oh, really? Yes, I'm a pastor. I said, oh, I'm, I'm Jewish. I said, oh, God loves the Jewish people. And we had an, an interesting conversation with her. And, you know, at that point, it wasn't like, you know, who's right, who's wrong, who's got the right religion, the bad, or the, I just said, I'll, I'll tell this lady, I had an encounter with Jesus, and I spent, I spent 41 minutes of her time at her own request at her own request to tell her about Jesus because I had an encounter with Jesus. I was not trying to debate whether Judaism or Christianity are right. I was, I'm like, I had an encounter with the Messiah. Yeshua, the Messiah you've been waiting for. I know who he is. And right there I'm like, you know, we're going to pray that you will have an encounter with the Messiah. He said, yeah, tomorrow morning in my prayers I will you know, I'm like, whoa, that's cool. Something is happening. Woo, can someone rejoice with me? I just, I just, I just got out of the mess. No, I didn't. This is part of the message. Okay, so the Apostle John is saying, I, I, uh, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, it's, it's experiential. It's like, uh, that's why Jesus, Jesus didn't have his disciples in the classroom. Now, you are disciples, I'm the teacher. So let's do this. Let's do this properly. You guys sit on chairs, and I teach you. Now, Jesus took them out two by two um, and took the, so that they were part of the action. They were out there so that their eyes could see the blind see and the crippled walk, and, and they, could, they, they could. And then Jesus sent them two by two so that they, they themselves would experience, and they came back and said, Wow, Jesus, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Hallelujah. Big, they got to see. Acts chapter 4, verse 20. That's why Peter said, but we cannot but speak of the things that we have seen and the things which we have heard. Why? Because they had seen and they had heard. And once you have seen it, that's why Moses is reminding people of what they had seen. Because once you have seen, what you have seen empowers you. What you have seen equips you. What you have seen prepares you for all that is ahead of you. Moses wanted them to cross to the other side. And, and, and just in case they were doubting, it's like, guys, we have seen enough of God to have the courage and the strength to cross over the river and to possess the land. Remember what you have seen. Hallelujah. So, uh, what we see, what we hear, what positions, prepares, and empowers us. Psalm 34, verse 8, Oh, taste and see. Everyone say, see, see. That the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't just see the menu. Order something. Don't just memorize the menu and the 54, you know, numbers in the menu and what the ingredients are and uh, don't, no, I mean, you would still be leaving with an empty stomach. The menu is there to guide you to an experience, 
Amen. A lot of people know the manual, but they're short of an experience. A lot of people are happy with the manual, but they're, 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 they're satisfied when they could have the experience of what the manual is talking about. Sometimes I stand here and I'm like, I'm like the waiter with the menu, you know, opened and saying, well, today the specials are you can have an encounter with God. You can be saved. You can be free. You can be healed. You can, come on. Somebody help me preach today. Amen. But now go and don't be satisfied with the menu and the waiter. You go and you get into what the Lord has prepared for you. He prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Don't let the enemy eat what is in your table, what belongs to you in Christ. You eat it and you let the enemy watch and drool all over the place. But it's not his, it's ours. Healing is ours. Victory is ours. Come on. Salvation is ours. Hope is ours. Breakthrough is ours. Deliverance is ours in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Don't leave it behind for the enemy. You get all of it in Jesus' name. Verses 7 and 8. But your eyes have seen every great act of the Lord which he did. Therefore you shall keep every commandment which I command you today, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land. in which. So they needed to be strong. They needed to go in, possess the land. But you know what? They had heard the theology of the new land. They had heard the theology of the displays that flowed with milk and honey. But, you know, now Moses is saying it's wonderful, but now step in, cross over. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's possess it. You know, and, and he's saying just remember what God has done. Just see. He's, you have seen. You have seen with your eyes. You know, great strength comes from remembering what God has already done in our lives. Look at verse 2. Know today that I do not speak with your children who have not known. We have not seen the, 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 the chastening of the Lord and, and His greatness and His mighty hand. They didn't see that. They didn't see the outstretched arm of God, His signs and He wonders. And I'm not talking to them, but I'm talking to you who have seen. You know, I want to be of those who, who know and who have seen and those who have experienced, amen, and those who are there when God comes and visits with the power. I don't want to hear it secondhand. <laughs> Praise God. Now, um, just some final thoughts. So, as I mentioned at the start, there are three things we see from this text. Number one, God acts. We see the acts of God. They're magnificent. They're wonderful. And we see that we get to participate in the acts of God. We get to see. Now, I want to share with you three points on how to, how to see God move in your life, in my life. How to see. Number one, you need to believe first. You need to believe first. To see, you need to believe. Not, I'll see, I'll believe when I see. Now, first, you believe. Don't, don't be like Thomas. Well, if I see, you know, then I will see. <laughs> no. Uh, you believe first. To see. If you want to see, then you have to believe. Psalm 27, 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. So I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see. So first you believe, and then you will see the goodness of God. You will experience the goodness of God, the breakthrough you've been praying for, the victory that you need. You will see. Amen. You will see. Uh, Jesus said, well, 
A woman, John 1, 11, 40, he said to Mary, he said, he said did, did I not say to you that, that if, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So believe first to see. Believe first to see. Secondly, you need to desire. And about four weeks ago, I think, or no, sorry, four months ago, I actually, made, I actually shared a message here about the power of desire and desiring more of God. So secondly, you need to desire. If we had time to look into Acts chapter 7, verse 39, we see that the very people that, the very people that, that Moses was speaking to in Deuteronomy 11, a lot of them, in their hearts, in their hearts, they desired to go back to Egypt. Their, their feet were moving forward, but in their hearts, they were going backwards. You see, they did not desire, not everybody that went along with Moses desired to go into the promised land. Not everybody that hears a message about desiring more of God necessarily desires more of God. But I want you to know if you want to see the glory of God, if you want to see the miracles of God, if you want not just have um, intellectual, um, uh, theological kind of um, knowledge, of, but if you want experiential, if you want to taste and see, taste and see that the Lord is good, then, then you need to believe and you need to desire. You need to desire, Mark eleven twenty four. whatsoever things you desire when we praise. The problem is that so many people pray without desire. They pray half-hearted. They pray kind of uh, just, I don't know. Uh, I remember one, one preacher once saying, my prayer life was at, at, at hit rock bottom. I wasn't talking to God at all. And being the pastor, I was invited to someone's home, and they invited me uh, to pray for them. And I, they, they were sick. And, and the only prayer, my whole prayer life just was just, it was just limited to thank you, Lord, for this food that I'm about to receive. And instead of praying for people to be healed in that place, it started saying, oh, Lord, we thank you for this food. That we're about, that suddenly halfway he remembered, oh, wait a minute, it's not to pray for the food. It's to pray for the people to be sick. You know, come on. I mean, you need to desire, man. You need to really focus on your desire. Believe first, desire. And thirdly, love the Lord. Everyone say, love the Lord. Because this thing doesn't happen because you put a whole bunch of, this is not an equation. This is not a, a whole lot of principles that you put together and then it makes it work. It's, it flows out of relationship and intimacy with the Lord. If you look at how this passage starts in, that we read today, it starts with this in verse 1. It says, it says, Therefore you shall love the Lord your God. You shall love the Lord your God. You know, seeing God move with power comes easy when your heart is fully set on the Lord and to love Him and to walk with Him. You see, love is the foundation of every blessing and favor. And anything we see from God, everything flows out of relationship and out of intimacy. The love of the Lord. You know, that's why we sang that song about the love of God. That's why, you know, before prayer time, I, we just read in Psalm 116, verse 1, I love the Lord because he has heard my prayer. You know, it's out of love, out of love. You know, to love the Lord is mentioned 10 times in the book of Deuteronomy alone. 10 times. If you read all those chapters, one, once in a while, God is coming back. But if you love the Lord your God, if you love the Lord your God. And I'll be honest with you, I've, I don't know whether a lot of people actually love the Lord. I, 
Pastor Victor is laughing. I don't think a lot of people love the Lord. I think the Lord is so gracious and compassionate, but I think sometimes the Lord sits lonely. I thought an angel was coming with a trumpet. Oh, at the trumpet sound. <laughs> Woo, we're, we're out of here. Okay, go back. All right, let's move on. Verse 13. And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which the Lord give you today, to love the Lord your God, to serve Him with all your heart and all your mind, then I will give you. I mean, there, there's some things, you know, the blessing flows out of love. Then I will give you the rain from your land in this season, the early rain, the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain, your new wine, your oil. And I will send grass into your fields for your livestock that you may eat and maybe feel, you know, out of, out of this loving relationship, there's a flow of blessing and a flow of favor. You, you know, there's just, you know, there's just this flow, this, this, this easy flow of of the things that God has for us. It will be easy to see. Verse 22. And if you carefully keep all these commandments which I command you to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to hold fast to Him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations from before you, and He will dispossess greater and mightier nations than yourselves. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. Verse 25, no man shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Oh, somebody give the Lord a hand this morning. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, great, great, uh, great things God promises. But you know, victory over the enemy, boldness to stand tall. But all those things flow out of intimacy, flow out of loving the Lord. You know, it's, it's when we, we can lay claim to those things. We can lay claim that when you go to work tomorrow, that every place where the sole of your feet treads, it shall be yours, amen. That you will experience the favor, the blessing of God in your life. You can lay claim to that because you know what it is to delight yourself in the Lord and to love the Lord your God. Amen. It will not be hard to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, to see miracles, to build your history with God when we love Him. And I, I tell you, one of the greatest signs of whether we love the Lord or not is how much time we spend with Him. Do we spend time with the Lord? I remember when my wife and I, we started courting, whatever it's called these days, I don't know. And everything is changing. But I just wanted to be with her all the time. I don't know whether she wanted to be with me all the time, but I wanted to be with her all the time. And there were times I missed, I lived very far away. I missed the halfway bus. There was a halfway between her house and my house. And, and I missed the last halfway bus. And I would, you know, so many times, midnight, I'm walking 10 kilometers to go home just because I wanted to spend as much time with her as possible. She never did that for me, but anyway. <laughs> But anyway, anyway, well, let's get out of this one. So in summary, in summary, so let's all stand to our feet today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of the message? Come on. Can you give Jesus a big hand? Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But let me just say in summary, today we talked about, number one, the importance of wanting to see God move in our lives. Secondly, how 
what we have seen, our history with God strengthens us for the greater pursuits and adventures that God has for us in the future. Thirdly, we saw, we talked about the great acts of God and how they flow and they will be seen in our lives when we believe, when we desire, and above all, when we love the Lord. He will not withhold any good thing from us. We saw last week how Jesus said, I, I will not I say that I will ask the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you. Wow. 